Hello and welcome to the C21 podcast. My name's Jonathan Webdale. We hope you had a good weekend wherever you are, binging in isolation on all the shows you've been meaning to catch up on, but never had the chance. If you heard Friday's episode, you may have noted the shout out we gave to C21's Drama Quarterly magazine and dramaquarterly.com, where you can find a comprehensive selection of series you should be queuing up. And on c21media.net, if you're a programme buyer, right now you'll find the picks that might have been top of your list at MIPTV, which was due to be getting underway in Cannes today. We do wish everyone in the industry well, and thanks to all those who've got in touch to tell us about how coronavirus is impacting their business and the steps they're taking to get through the crisis. We're aiming to share as many of these as possible on the podcast in the coming weeks, so please continue to email us using the address press at c21media.net. There's more from TV drama today with Dan Sefton, creator of The Good Karma Hospital and The Mallorca Files, talking about how production on the latter was affected and the way in which a writer copes in such a situation. But first, Claire Mundell, founder and creative director of Synchronicity Films. The Glasgow-based indie behind award-winning BBC drama The Cry talks to Inigo Alexander. Synchronicity closed its office down and sent staff home in mid-March and Inigo started off by asking Mundell how the shift to remote working had gone. Obviously, it's a devastating, devastating reality that, that everyone's living through and primary consideration is health and well-being of, of everyone that, that we work with. We are a scripted indie. We, you know, predominantly are working in drama, uh, occasionally in comedy. Obviously, it's not normal business, but some interesting things emerged during the first week. I think in some respects, we have possibly communicated more than we do in the office, mainly because obviously contact both you know, from a company point of view, but also from the point of view of maintaining relationships with our with our team and and having kind of regular purpose when your structure has become so uncertain, have meant that that we've we've been on Zoom almost all of last week. We're having morning regular meeting. We've been meeting every morning at nine thirty to check in with each other, find out how everyone's doing and to just focus on you know what each of us has to do for the day i think in a time like this you know having as far as you can some kind of work routine is is a helpful thing weirdly i think because all of us have been forced to think outside the box literally i mean you know we all talk about new ways of thinking new ways of working you know lateral thinking but in the normal day-to-day of our business, we put that kind of blue sky stuff, you know, further down the priority list because the biggest priority is is getting, you know, the next development commission or the next production commission. But in these circumstances, when you're actually forced to think about what can we do to survive as a production company as opposed to, you know, what might we do, it, it was really interesting just to see how creativity came to the fore and you know, we started talking about different ways to tell stories, um, ways that we could also connect and, and continue to work with our contributors, writers, actors, directors, performers. And that was a really unexpected, weirdly uplifting highlight that every day we seem to be thinking of new ways to, to, to tell either new stories or to add on elements to existing stories. In some ways, a period of forced development 
it might be a good thing in the scripted world overall and in the sense that it, it gives everyone a chance to just in some ways pause breath because you know the pace of commissioning and production in television and particularly in scripted has been escalating over the last few years and and the opportunities are are great and significant or they have been anyway so you know it's a, it's a race to keep up with that i'm not saying that it's it's not going to be with without challenge because whenever commissioners do start producing again there's obviously going to be a race for those commissions but you know we know that they will have a lot of content to fill so in terms of you know the traditional model getting back on its feet i i think the focus is on making sure your projects are as strong as they possibly can be and if you have access to development funding then you know it's worth looking at which of these projects if you really believe in them yourself and you know how you feel they should be developed that you can take them to a stage that might not otherwise have gone to we can read lots of books we can read many of the scripts and continue script editing with uh, writers on the projects we're developing we can uh, use it as an opportunity to find new voices and to connect with people so you know it's very early days obviously this could go on for a very long time but certainly we were able to continue developing all of our existing projects and and some new ideas emerged out of the out of the situation as well for people who were in the middle of production obviously it's tragic and heartbreaking and um very uncertain i'm sure we can only hope that when we come out the other side of this all of those projects that were in mid-production can be resurrected that they have adequate cover from insurance companies and or from their commissioning companies but but you know i think we're all clear about the fact that whether this is 12 weeks 16 weeks or however long you know at some point life will resume when that happens, I think all companies are going to want to make sure that their development slates are as developed as they possibly can be. And, and we now have an ironic, ironic opportunity to do that because we, we can actually continue to do that working from home with our teams. So you mentioned that you've sort of shifted to, um, to focus a bit more on development since everyone's working from home. Does that mean that you've widened the scope in terms of number of projects that you could usually develop or have you sort of honed in on um, quality rather than quantity? I think that what it's meaning is that we're starting to look at some of the projects that we have got. We are connecting with our distributor and development funders and broadcasters that we work with and we're asking the question perhaps sooner than we might otherwise have done, you know, can this project go to script? Should we use this time to advance the project you know quicker than it might otherwise have moved along uh, and that's that's something that's emerging so on the existing slate there are some projects that we're considering um, either financing ourselves to script or using um, money via our distribution deal or talking to broadcasters so that when the opportunity to commission returns again that you know, we have as many green lightable, commissionable projects um, ready to go. I think writers, you know, writers of course have worked from home forever, so this is this is not a new working methodology for them. I, I think I think good writers are going to be very busy in this period and even more in demand than before. But I also hope that it may encourage broadcasters and developing 
companies to to maybe take a risk on some of those other projects which you know could could be developed in a more significant way sooner than they might otherwise have been in the traditional system so we're, we're continuing to look at new new properties new ip we're looking at books but we're also looking at some of the projects we have and actually from a creative point of view thinking about how the world is changing and how that might impact some of those projects actually because i think you know all of us will be changed by this in one way or another and and um you know it's important to sort of check the editorial side of your projects as well and how they will be potentially colored by this you know this situation that we're all living through i think i think though in addition to that interesting albeit possibly limited versions of story will will emerge there's one thing that is consistent across every genre right now and every piece of content that we're watching or listening to it's the power of story and the power of story to connect us i i think that in some ways it's it's a really great reminder of that um although the means of delivering that story is going to be limited uh you only have to look to user generated content to see that you know the real world outside of our film and tv bubble makes content every day and some of it is better than others but I think as human beings, we have this kind of hardwired need to communicate. And I think we might just see some interesting models emerging for, for drama. We certainly, it's, it's making us think laterally about how we tell a story. And, and, and also what's the important, you know, what are the important components of telling a story that's going to move, engage, inspire, entertain uh, and connect people. So yeah, strange times, but interesting as well in, in what it's teaching us about, about what we can do. Um, and how we can help connect an audience together in a time when a lot of people are going to be feeling, you know, isolated, worried, grieving, concerned. So, yeah, I do think some some very interesting content will emerge. Even in this period, I mean, you know, as limited as it is, you know, it's possible to tell stories via, you know, online portals, via Zoom, Skype, however people do it, FaceTime, you know, interesting stuff will definitely emerge I'm, I'm sure of it but yeah the other side of, of what we have to do right now is just get get our heads down and really focus on our slate because we don't have any of those other pressures around us right now and certainly you know as someone as a company based in the nations and regions you know I travel every week the opportunity not to travel for some extended period of time is something <laughs> I, I'm really glad about and I, I think it'll also show us the ways in which we, you know, we can do business remotely without necessarily always having to travel, you know, which which had already been, you know, something of an issue, I think, as we all think about the amount of travel we're doing in terms of environmental concerns. Um, you mentioned there the importance of having to put together a coherent slate. And obviously, a lot of the, these slates are built with events like MIPCOM, MIPTV, Series Mania in mind, which have now either bit in the dust or being pushed back a year. Um, for you as an indie, how important are those those yearly gatherings and what impact has their cancellation or postponement had? Well, um, to be really honest, I don't think the cancellation of MIP TV will have any impact on us as an indie. People were already beginning to question producers, you know, different for just for distributors, obviously, but from a production company point of view, we were already beginning to question, you know, the value of attending MIP TV. The costs of it are so high. 
And with series mania in the uh, in the scripted arena now coming before MIP TV, you know, we found that really useful last year. It was a smaller a smaller event. It was easier to navigate in terms of being able to meet with people that you wanted to meet. So I don't think MIP will affect us. Um, and I think that any meetings that our distributor would have had at MIP that we might have been involved in, we can have over Zoom and over Skype and telephone call. I think Series Mania, to a lesser extent, I mean, it, you know, it's always good to meet people face-to-face. That face-to-face contact is, is crucial. But there is something strangely intimate about making a new contact with someone on Zoom. And, you know, I, I think that in the, in the situation that we're all facing, everyone is engaged with trying to save our businesses and our wider industry. Um, so I think people will make the effort to talk on Zoom. I think where you have pre-existing relationships with people who you can call and who you can have this interaction with, it, it really won't have a massive impact at all. The, 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 big, the biggest issue is the inability to make and deliver content, which means you know the whole pipeline begins to freeze up. But in terms of actually talking about business and talking about projects, I, I think we can get around that. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you've been keeping up with uh, Boris Johnson's updates and their, their proposals. Do you, do you think there could be more done from the government in terms of providing aid for the entertainment industry and the, the, the TV industry? I do, I do, because um, you know the creative industries in this country are a major contributor to the economy. Um, I believe that you know, the vast majority of, uh, of, of the industry in terms of production companies is made up of um, SMEs and uh, supporting the SMEs and the creative industries to continue contributing is, I, I, I think, is something that, that should be supported. Production is predominantly freelance, self-employed workers. You know, we need these people when we come out the other end. We, we have to support them now. They're no different to self-employed people in companies. And uh, I, I, really think, I really think we have to find a way to make that work. Yeah, I mean, the creative industries contribute a huge amount. I, I, I think GDP last year would have been zero were it not for the British creative industries. So that industry has got to be supported. Uh, and, and if ever there was a time for an audience to require... Uh, entertainment, distraction, information, you know, it's now. Uh, when we come out the other side of this, we we cannot have a decimated uh, British uh, film and television industry because, you, you know, we lead the world in that respect and, and we have to maintain that position. You know, I also think that mental health in this period of time is going to be so critical. And, you know, the creative industries and the programmes that we make however we have to adapt them in this in this period of time will be very useful for an audience that is grappling with very uncertain a very uncertain situation Claire Mundell from Synchronicity Films talking with Inigo Alexander as mentioned there long periods of self-isolation is nothing new for TV writers Drama Quarterly editor Michael Pickard spoke with Dan Sefton, scribe behind BBC drama The Mallorca Files, to find out how life for him has changed under lockdown, and also ask him whether his prior career as a doctor might mean he'll be returning to the profession. Not to make light of it, but I just realised that very little of my life has actually changed so far. <laughs> you know, it's doing exactly the same things I always do, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which feels quite, quite normal for me. 
but um, yeah, it's, it's affecting everything else, obviously, in a big way. So, I mean, tell me a bit about then. How have you been affected? Projects you're working on, or in your role as producer, have you got stuff in production at the moment? Well, as a exec producer, obviously, the Mallorca Files season two was in the middle of filming, so that was in, in Mallorca, obviously, which has been was suspended by a hiatus. I think the end beginning of last week all the cast and crew uh, who needed to get home got home okay uh, obviously the local crew is still there and sort of spanish lockdown so that stopped we've got six episodes in the can at least and if not through post-production and there's still four still to be shot so we were on a break between blocks which was quite useful so what happens to the show now is up to the bbc their partners really but we don't know when we'll be going back like every other show so yeah they might just tell you to finish the six and and call it a day for now i guess that's a decision to be made is it yeah it's possible i mean i think there's obviously we've already the industry's already realized there's going to be a huge gap in autumn schedule for the new content so i'm I'm guessing they're all strategizing now about what they what they do about that what 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 have they actually got they can show and um where they go when it is over because obviously it will finish at some point in the future hopefully soon, maybe six months' time. But I think it, one thing we do know is it will stop yeah. and everything will have to fire up again. And then there'll be a, a mass rush for crew and, and everything and I guess there'll be a, a challenge for the industry to maybe kind of delay some things and kind of keep a stream coming once it picks back up again. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And I think people people are going to need a lot of content over the next few months and also the whole stream, I say stream, has been disrupted. So mm-hmm. I think it's important that we just try and find ways to maintain that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Wow. And uh, so how, how when you go on hiatus, I mean, how do you leave things? Are I guess it's on location a lot, so you're not on sets and studio builds and things too much, are you? Or um, you might be. <laughs> no, no, but, no. Mallorca was nearly all um, location, which is one of the things about the show. So in a way, you know, from the practical point of view, it just stops. I think the difficulty with production companies, and this isn't run by my production company, but I'm obviously involved in the running of the show, is, is how the, the where the money comes, you know, comes from the deals that are done on that. Obviously, I'm not across all the the secrecy of those of those deals, but I think that's something that everybody's working on now is what what has been contractually agreed, how they can put it on hold and 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 fire up again. I think it, just like the rest of the country, it's in everybody's interest to keep everything sold and everything running, you know, because this is going to be a temporary halt. And there will be some changes to the to the country, but I think unlike a you know like a Second World War situation, I think we can be pretty confident that when it finishes, we will go back to something very similar to what we had before. And we don't want all the people who were involved in it scattered to the four winds and not able to start up again quite quickly. I mean, do you think this? I guess we won't know for sure, but do you think a show like the Mallorca Files with a you know British cast and and some crew and a German actor and and in Spain is that? kind of the sort of show that might we might see less of as, as things tr- sort of slowly get back to normal and maybe shows become more domestic? I don't think so. Um, I think what's happened is this has been a global problem, so nobody's been immune, mm-hmm. literally. <laughs> so you can't, you know, it makes no difference. I mean, every, every domestic show is closed down as well for the time being. So I think it's a case that everything's going everything's to close down for two or three months and then everything will start up, start, start up again at the same time or roughly the same time. So we have to be prepared, I think, as quickly as this is all shut down and it's been, been quite a shock for everybody mm-hmm. I think that we have to be prepared that as soon as it's safe it will start up it can start up again you know as quickly as is practical and there's I think that's what people should be making plans for are, are you able to work 
um, at all during this sort of period? I, I don't know, is are producers or writers talking on Skype or Zoom or uh, anyone else able to do their job in any kind of capacity? Or is it just all shut, shut down? Well, no, I mean, certainly pre-production on the shows that I'm working on at the moment. I mean, obviously, my is in the middle of it. We're, di- we're in pre-production for season three, and which has been commissioned by the BBC. And um, we we're in the middle of that right now with Good Calm Hospital, which is going out at the moment, that we're, again, in pre-production work for a potential season four for that. Okay. So all that stuff, I think, can keep, can keep going. The only, you know, the only changes, the meetings that we would have had to make face-to-face would be like this, you know, on Zoom or Skype or a similar service. But I think that the pre-production right work can keep going. I think that's what we're all planning to do. I don't think anybody's thinking they should stop that. And, um, I mean, do you think, I mean, what, what maybe might be some of the wider impacts on, on the drama business, do you think... The bubble that we've seen, you know, people talking about, you know, there's too much drama. And do you think this is going to cause a, a natural slowdown maybe of that? Or is are people going to still be, now they're locked up, they're going to be as hungry for, for new shows as ever? Well, it's funny, isn't it? Because it does give, it gives everybody, you know, looking for the positives. Because I think, that, you know, there's not many at the moment. But, but, you know, there's people have been worried about they haven't been able to catch up with a lot of the stuff that people are talking about. So we're lucky in a way that we've got most of us have got a you know a long back catalogue of stuff they want to they could watch and I think once once you know this is this enforced isolation has sort of happened has stopped they'll be back looking for more 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 material so I don't think that's going to change I think a lot of the the back catalogue will be people have watched it and will, will want more so mm-hmm. I don't see that happening to be honest and just in terms of you know your own production company I mean how have you had to respond to this you know with staff or um, schedules or you know thinking about the wider issues of you know the, the industry and, and supporting people at this time well we're you know lucky in that with seven seas we're only in pre-production with things you know development with stuff so our development work is carry on just as much as, as normal um again you know meetings are more remote but i think everybody will be using will be using the time just to keep developing the projects that we've got the best that we can and making them as complete as possible for for, for, for development Mm-hmm. Um, and and for, for submissions are brought to commissioners when you know those doors are open again. Yeah, so are you, you're still talking to the, the broadcasters and, and other partners just about how shows might kind of come to, to screen at some point. It's sort of those conversations haven't stopped entirely. Well, for me, they've stopped at the moment. I think I think at the moment we have, we have a bit more clarity. Well, because the situation is developing really quickly, I think there's a slightly even on the, on the grounds of taste. You know, I think <laughs> it's a case of you no, know, let's just see, but. I think we will get to a point quite soon where where people will be saying, "Well, look, you know, we, we've we've made a plan, and you know, we we'll be, we need to keep the, the machine rolling. So, what 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 can you do?" Uh, I think for the next two or three or four weeks, it will be very bitty because I don't think I think the commissioners and the channels must be trying to work out what to do about things that shows like EastEnders and Holby, you know, how, what they've got on their, on their vaults to show, how they're going to work out their schedules. But I'm sure they're also thinking about the future and. I think all production companies and writers, writers particularly, should be, you know, using the time to to create stuff. I mean, I, I certainly will be. I think that mm-hmm. reminds me a little bit of the, though obviously not as severe, but the writers' strike that happened, you know, in America a few years ago when there was a, a long pause with production and mm-hmm. a lot of people, a lot of writers would write write things. A lot, of, a lot of great stuff came out of that time when people were writing stuff, forced to write things on spec. So if there's any silver lining, I think there's a much bigger spec market for tv than they used to be all over the world now with netflix and amazon and similar streaming services and looking for spec scripts and completed series ideas rather than you know just a, a one pager so i think there is an opportunity for the writers who aren't working on other things to take the time to 
to create those things and we might see a, a boom of amazing ideas coming out of this in a, in a couple of years time for writers it's a, a good time to uh, there's no excuse is there i guess <laughs> they can uh, c- crack on writing well I, it's weird isn't it i mean i think you, hear, you do get a little bit kind of I think the, the, the impact now of the first few weeks will be kind of a bit discombobulating for most people and mm-hmm. quite hard to, you know, understand what they're doing. But I, I suspect what is natural human nature will be that in a few weeks, you know, as long as you're well, you'll be bored and thinking, what can I do with my time? And I, I think I think there is, sort of writers like me spend a lot of time working on stuff that's been commissioned mm-hmm. and actually having that freedom to work on something completely on spec is, is, is quite liberating. Yeah, as long as you've got enough money coming in, which is another consideration for people. But you know, that's that's the only silver lining I can think of. You know, writers can can write stuff and can have fun writing things that they've always wanted to write, and then you know, hopefully in two years' time, we as I said, we might get some really interesting shows coming out of it. Definitely, yeah. And I mean, with your kind of medical kind of background, have you been involved sort of personally in other ways of, of through this, or you haven't been sort of volunteering or, or doing anything else like that? Um, I've volunteered to go back, but I haven't heard anything. Oh. <laughs> so I think because I live in Somerset, I mean, we haven't really been badly affected yet. Yeah. So I have I have volunteered to go back and help when I can. So I might be working and everybody else be writing. <laughs> Dan Sefton talking with Michael Picard. That's all from the podcast today. Remember, if you'd like to share your story of coping with COVID-19 with the international TV industry, email us at press at c21media.net and one of our journalists will get back to you. There'll be more from us tomorrow, but in the meantime, stay safe and stay up to date with all the latest developments by following C21 online, on mobile and social media. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 